Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, Rachel McElroy. This is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. This is a show called Wonderful. It's a podcast, um, which is like a radio you download. And on this one, we talk about things that are good, that we like, and that we are into. It's the calm before the storm. Oh, yeah. Next week, the Maximum Fun Drive kicks off. Yeah. And we're going to fuck you up with this one. There are listeners that already consume a lot of McElroy content. Yeah. And you're in luck because there will be there even will be more. There will be about 100 million thousand <laughs> pounds of it. Yeah. It will be so much you will have to measure the bits and bites in weight, in sheer tonnage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're so excited to dump all that on you. This, <laughs> this week, though, we're taking a flyer. Um, that is the language Max Fun wants us to use, is, yes. is dump. They want us to specifically use the verb dump. Okay, good. Which is not what I would have gone with, but who am I, I to, you know? It's always good to be in compliance. You sure, know? sure. The compliance officers that they sick on us... <laughs> Are like rabid dogs. Like, are you using dump? Are You're you saying say, dump, right? You said release. <laughs> you must say dump. <laughs> Do you have any small wonders before we uh, begin our thing? Yeah, I wanted to say, Griffin and I were talking about how we hardly saw any movies at all last year, but one movie we did see was Everything Everywhere All at Once, and it won a lot of awards. Everything. And so we feel like, hey, we did it. We did it, yes. The two, I would say my two favorite films that I saw last year were Everything Everywhere All at Once and RRR, which won all the Oscars that I needed them to win. Yeah. Very excited, very happy about that. Yeah. Man, what a fucking flick. It's how have we not rewatched that one again? I guess we don't watch it. Yeah, movies. we like walked out of the theater like, oh, we're going to rewatch that one. And then, then we, we have yet. not. Um, I would happily. Anything. You know, hockey season That's doesn't right. last doesn't last forever, especially if your team don't make the playoffs. Yeah, which is very yeah, to some teams. It happens, man. Very, very likely. They can't all win. Um, What's your small wonder? We've been watching a new a new show that has existed in Japan since like 2008 um but it's just now on Netflix which has continued its streak of importing Japanese uh reality competition and game shows uh this show's called Run for the Money and uh it's it popped up on our suggested feed a lot and we saw it and I said that looks kind of corny I don't know about all I that I know one. right like we watched the first episode and I would say we were still uncertain about on whether the fence. we and then we, <laughs> we watched continue. the second episode last night and I was like I'll go wherever the fuck this show wants me to go with <laughs> yeah. it basic premise is that there's like 30 Japanese celebrities a mix of comedians and musicians and athletes uh, and they are in a big theme park, I think, in like Nagasaki, and it's modeled after like Bruges, essentially. And uh, the game is that they release a bunch of hunters to chase after them, uh, and that, they just tag them. They just tag them. They there's, no there's no most murder. dangerous yeah. game. Uh, although sometimes when they're running away, for here's what I think. When I have to run away from something, my legs lock up and I fall down a lot. Oh, okay. Um, if I was on this show, I would be grievously injured just from running, just from yeah. running away from uh-huh. a hunter. Um, that's the basic premise of the show where it really succeeds. And I think where they sort of, uh, where it hits its stride in the second episode is they introduce a bunch of other mechanics. Like yeah. Like little missions that you can run out to do to increase the pot, but it sort of exposes you to the hunters a little bit more. There's a whole traitor mechanic now yeah, where like, you can tattle on the again, other there's hiders. there's like 
there's I guess there's kind of a host, but there's no real host interacting with the contestants. No. But they each have like a what is basically a phone and yes. they get updates on that phone. There's a host who is playing this like Machiavellian over the top like uh mastermind who is controlling the game. Yeah. That's hit or miss for me. There's also <laughs> a woman who does voiceover all the the, oh the whole thing God. who has the most sinister incredible voice that I've ever heard from a voiceover person and is hysterically funny. It's very easy for me when I'm reading captions to kind of not pay attention to the voiceover, but I would recommend it. She demands respect. There's also a lot of people in there from Documental, which is a show we've talked about before. So it's like fun watching, you know, Japanese TV and seeing like recognizing people from the circuit. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. I think if you, I think, you know, probably just from that description, whether or not this is a a show for you, but, uh, it's, it's neat. And I get why it's been running in Japan for 15 years now. Cause I think yeah. it's a concept with a lot of, a lot of potential. Um, and it's, man, it's so goofy. One of the challenges is that they are going to add more hunters to the game. They're going to add five more hunters to the game to hunt the players down. But they're in these boxes, like these little uh, coffins, essentially. And to keep them from coming out, they players had to work together to move these coffins into these cages. And the visual of seeing these like masked hunters inside of these glass <laughs> coffins being wheeled into a cage and then having the voiceover person saying, they've They've conquered the hunters. It's the it's, cage. Also, like when they close the doors, it's like a knee high door. It's like a knee high cage <laughs> There's for no toddlers. Way this would actually restrain There's anyone. There's so much. They lean into it so much, and and it walks that line between earnestness and humor, just like perfectly. Um, so yeah, having a lot, having a lot of fun with that one. Hey, what's your first thing, Bab? I mean, your only thing, Bab. Are we are we doing that now? What thing? Where are we say about? Uh, yeah, it's a, a term of endearment. I, I'm sorry, Rachel. I'm sorry, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. I've had I have this new thing where I just have like dice or small balls in my pockets always because uh-huh. I don't trust Gus to not eat them. Yeah. <laughs> I just always have some little piece of garbage. No, I was thinking of last night when you threw yourself at the coffee table because I had broken pieces of granola bar into dice-sized chunks. Yeah, you were certain was just like gobbling down dice <laughs> like Skittles. <laughs> Another food you probably shouldn't have. You would definitely choke on Skittles. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. What do you got? My thing this week is Meow Wolf. Yeah. I didn't know a lot about it. And so I was like, hey, this could be a good opportunity for me to learn more. I would love to know more about Meow Wolf. Uh, I think it's one of the raddest buildings I've ever been to, the one in in Denver. Yeah. So uh, Griffin went on a trip to Denver this past year and had an incredible time. And I had been wanting to go to a location And when I found out that there was a conference in Vegas and a location in Vegas, I got very excited. Yeah. Uh, And I, the first day I got there, I was a little bit early to check into the hotel. So I went and it was incredible. Yeah. It's uh, the Omega Mart location. Yeah. uh, In Vegas. And it's phenomenal. 
And so I wanted to learn more about this whole collective that is creating these, you know, interactive experiences all over the country. The one in Denver, oh, oh, the Omega Mart is sort of the like framing device for that Meow Wolf. The one in Denver is like, it's like a uh, transit hub, yeah, like uh-huh. almost like an airport authority sort of situation. Um, I want to hear everything. Yeah. So Meow Wolf came out of Santa Fe. Uh, And it was just this group of 10 friends who were all artists uh, in the years 2008, and they can't, you know, basically make a living being artists. Um, Kind of the Santa Fe experience was really driven by tourism, and it was just a lot of, like, turquoise. You know, like, they just couldn't find a place for, like, experimental art in that scene. Um. So love turquoise, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I also love turquoise. And so they they started doing exhibitions uh, kind of around the Santa Fe community, but using other people's space or renting space. Um, one of the big things they did uh, was what they called the Do Return, which was a life-size wooden ship in Santa Fe's Center for Contemporary Art for two months. Uh, It was a space pirate ship that took around 6,000 hours to construct. Cool. And so it became kind of clear, I think, from that experience that they were into big projects and they needed their own big space. Uh, So what happened in 2014, they found a patron in the Santa Fe community, somebody who owned uh, a, a cinema in Santa Fe, and that person is George R. R. Martin. No kidding. Yeah, that's funny. I had no idea. If I, I hope that if I ever became fabulously wealthy to a George R. R. Martin level, I would spend some of that money at least on something out as outrageous as a meow wolf. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. It's hard to say. Like this, the thing that is so exciting about meow wolf is that it's like it. It's not something you could just come up with on your own. True. Like you definitely need a group of very artistic experimental people. Can we take a beat and kind of explain like what the what what you see when you walk into a meow wolf? Because I mean, I, I'll get there. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm building. I'm building towards that. What it is? Okay. Yes. Uh, so one of the founding members was working as the marketing director at the cinema that was owned by George R. R. Martin. Uh, and approached him kind of with this idea, and George R. R. Martin gave them about $3 million to make it happen. That's uh, nice of him. Yeah, they ended up uh, purchasing a, a large space, and 135 artists began creating the 70 rooms that make up the House of Eternal Return in Santa Fe. Didn't our friend Eric work on, like, do some sort of work on Meow Wolf? Um, I am not sure. I mean, it employs a tremendous number of people yeah. now. Um, the House of Eternal Return opened in 2016. Uh, they wanted to have 400 or 300,000 people visit in the first year, and they had 400,000 in the first nine months. Uh, and they turned in 6.8 million in revenue in the first year. Yeah. Uh, 400,000 visitors, by the way, is almost six times the population of Santa Fe. Wow. Um, but yeah, so, so what it is, it's, it's, it's a large space and they create kind of a, an everyday premise 
And then kind of behind the everyday premise is this kind of fantastical world with like this really rich lore. Uh, there's, there's lots of, um, you know, like effects related to it. There's a lot of like neon and, and black light and various levels and like different little ecosystems within this like experimental space. Um, it's I'm incredible. Just, just now remembering when I came back from that trip where I went to Meow Wolf, I think I talked about immersive art in yeah. a wonderful episode. So I definitely have talked about Meow Wolf on yeah, the show okay. before, but not to this Not, not to, to this, this not like yet. the history. So one thing that I would like to check out and haven't, there is a full-length documentary uh, that premiered at South by Southwest in 2018. Um, cool. And I have not, I have not seen that yet, but I imagine that gives a much more kind of comprehensive look. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so this experience in Santa Fe, there's a, and neither of us have been to this location, but it is a, like a Victorian house, uh, that is built inside a bowling alley. And it's like the bowling alley is like a 20,000 square foot space and you, you kind of enter through the house, uh, and then, you know, discover this whole separate world. One thing that happened that kind of delayed a lot of later construction was the pandemic. Right. I've heard of that. Um, the Vegas location that opened in 2021 was actually supposed to open in 2020. Uh, Denver was supposed to open in 2021. And then DC was supposed to have one no. in 2022 that got canceled oh so i don't shit, know man if that's ever coming listen i can't scrape together three million dollars meow wolf but if you need a i would say a more sort of uh low low stakes patron i could i could <laughs> much much lower <laughs> amount i mean me and i could get some buddies together and we could try to pool it would not be three million dollars. Yeah, but that would be to have a meow wolf in DC that we could take our kids to would be. I know. I mean, it's the kind of place I told Griffin as soon as I went to the one in Vegas. Like I could go again tomorrow. I yeah. Like the idea is that you are able to entirely explore the space, like it's some kind of escape room, and yes. that you like open drawers and you like open doors that aren't marked, and right. you are encouraged to just like use phones and look at recordings and right. Omega Mart in particular, when you enter, it is it looks entirely like a functioning grocery store and the shelves are full of products. And yeah. every product was like it's uniquely fake. designed yeah. for this experience. So there is like infinite opportunity to really learn this attraction. I spent two hours or so at the Denver Meow Wolf, which was not nearly enough time, I think, for me to absorb everything there. But from a like scene shop design perspective, the way that they create environments and and do so much through like environmental storytelling, there is nothing else quite quite like it out there. And it's also like I would say pretty well catered to my sensibilities. Like there's one room in the Denver location that's like this giant prismatic castle and then there are like battle mechs surrounding it which is like <laughs> about as cool as it gets yeah the denver one was i think a little contentious briefly because there was already a really vibrant sure. art scene and they were i think very concerned about meow wolf coming and you know in a way kind of like gentrifying that community you yeah. know like bringing a lot of tourists in and kind of sucking up a lot of the the space um 
Meow Wolf has worked to do a lot of kind of corporate responsibility work now that it is such a huge right. entity. Um, it's in in one year they donated two hundred fifty thousand to Denver nonprofits uh, and plan to continue to do that um, and engage kind of local artists in the work. All right. Um, but yeah, I mentioned I went to Omega Mart. It's interesting. The two people that run that are artists that actually had conceptualized the idea of Omega Mart in 2009. Wow. And they kind of teamed up with Meow Wolf to kind of make their dream That's happen. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, so that one opened in 2021 uh, or in the same year that Denver did. I wish the guy who made City Museum hadn't died because I feel like- I know. He really jammed on Meow Wolf. I know. Um, so this is also coming to Texas. Um, there is going to be one in the Grapevine Mill Shopping Center and then one in Houston in the Fifth Ward. Whoa. It's Grapevine's like Dallas, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So that's 2023 and 2024. Cool. So I imagine the, the Grapevine one is opening very soon if it hasn't already. That's neat. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more. Again, I, I haven't seen the documentary, I imagine, that goes into a lot more detail. I mean, because this was a collective of artists, there's a lot of disagreement and strife and, sure. and drama in the process of them creating these things uh, and trying to kind of create this successful entity, um, you know, and hire the right people to do so. Right. Uh, so I imagine there's a lot more to the story. But yeah, but I, in I was, result. Just really cool buildings to be in. Yeah. I mean, Griffin and I have talked about how we both love like a sculpture park. Like the right. idea that you can walk around in an art space and have an experience that's like very rooted in the place you are in is yeah. super cool. Um, and I was I was excited to learn about the collective. Yeah. Yeah. Can I steal you away? Yes. Cool. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait. What's this coming across our desk? The law is different <laughs> now? Is factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis -vis, um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be 
the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Another Max Fun Drive. People know it's the best time to support the shows they love. You tell them our meetup day is back? Sure did. They wanted to know about the live streams, though. Those are finishing up right now. We can even send one out on the first night, March 20th. March 20th, Chef! I'll give them a heads up. Uh, they also wanted the limited time thank you gifts for new and upgrading members. Yep, and we got some fresh episodes ready to go, too. All right, we got exciting live streams, meetup day, fresh episodes, limited time gifts. Oh, and Boca! Yeah, um, okay, let them know that Max Fun Drive 2023 will be ready on um, March 20th, and it'll only be two weeks. Two weeks, Chef! Max Fun Drive starts on March 20th for just two weeks. No problem. Order up! Shoot, I forgot their water. Can I tell you my thing? Yeah. Trailers. Trailers. Now, there are two types of trailers, I'm assuming. You are not talking about the tractor trailer. No, I'm not talking about one that you tow behind your vehicle. I'm talking about the little movies they show before big movies yeah and they're supposed to show you what their respective big movies are gonna be like also video games tv shows you know there's trailers for everything hell there's probably book trailers out there can you even imagine (laughs) um i love a trailer man in my opinion there could be twice as many trailers before a movie starts and i would be totally fine with that i say that now when i was going to see lots of movies it was Pretty annoying, I would Especially say. Especially if you're going to see a very long movie, and then yes. there's also like a 10 minutes of trailers up top. God, when we saw, uh, we went to see Avengers Infinity War uh, in Detroit after a live show. So it was already like 11 o'clock at night. Again, when you say we. Me and the my family. Yeah. And, like, and not me. No, you weren't, you weren't there. Okay. Um, and... <laughs> That film is already pretty long, and they showed, like, easily 20 minutes of trailers before it. And so there was an element of, like, I'm actually sleepy if we could hurry this along. Otherwise, most of the time, I'm all the way in for a trailer. Because even if you see, like, a bad trailer for a bad movie, you have been done a great service of knowing, like, okay, so I I don't need to worry about that one. Yeah, I mean a lot of times it's it's a really fascinating art to me because usually it's like who are the actors? Like sometimes that's just enough. Right. And then sometimes it's like we don't want to tell you hardly anything at all. Right. Uh and then sometimes it's a good movie with a really bad trailer, sure. which is also interesting. That can also happen. <laughs> I I 
I think the ideal scenario is obviously you see a good trailer for a good movie because that like now you have something new to be excited about, Uh something to look forward to, which I, you know, I love having in my life. But I think it's really hard to kind of walk that that exact balance of like, how much of the thing do we give away? How much of the thing do we show to like get our hooks in people without like diminishing the efficacy of those hooks when you actually see it in in the film i like i don't know how to do it i think that's probably one of the tougher jobs in like show showbiz um i i think about like the types of movies that do this really well i would go so far as to say that a big reason why Christopher Nolan has had the success that he's had is that his movies trailer super well. Um, That's interesting. I never really thought about that. I think about like the first time I saw a trailer for Inception uh, in theaters and you see the Uh shit where like the city curves backwards up on itself and you're like, what's that? (laughs) I'm going to go see that film based on that (laughs) one shot. I don't know anything about this. Uh, but I'm going to go see it now because that was wild. Uh, I think all of his films have that kind of like element of like, what's going on here? And those trailer really, I remember seeing Tenet, the trailer for Tenet was like the, this big media event and it, you see it and you're like, how does a gun unshoot? I gotta see this fucking flick. Uh, I also think one of the like modern sort of masters of this, like I think all of Jordan Peele's movies. Yeah, I was thinking about those most stellar specifically when you think about like how do you reveal a little bit but not too much. Nope is like the pinnacle of that because it's like Nope (laughs) is predicated on unseen alien horror right and Uh the way that they sort of the the movie is incredibly shrewd with how it kind of uh meets that information out to to the viewer and so like how do you trailer that i don't know but they did a pretty good job with it the best is us the trailer for us is so creepy and interesting and it's all set to i got five on it and just like it, it it was uh i was frothing at the mouth to see that film <laughs> after seeing uh the the trailer for it um obviously like as someone who used to cover the games industry and i guess still kind of i do uh i've seen more game trailers than the average bear and i think that those have their own sort of like complexity because yeah, they have to right? do the same thing that that movie trailers do of like i don't want to give away too much but it's also like you're not showing people what they are going to be seeing you are showing people what they're going to be doing. And that verb is a way more abstract one to try to communicate yeah, to people. Yeah, that's a good point. I also know that you pointed out to me before that a lot of those trailers are completed before the game is actually finished. Yeah, well, <laughs> invariably they are, right? And yeah. so there, there's also, uh, there have been countless, countless cases, some of which have resulted in like straight up class action lawsuits where the trailers look much much better than the game actually will whether it's because they're running on super high-end pcs and not like the nintendo switch tiny little baby Uh processors uh and 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 so there can be a little bit of like you know trickery there that just by virtue of the medium doesn't exist in movies and tv shows because it's like what you see is usually what you're what you're gonna get there that, that reminds me of the sonic movie and how the whole thing was changed based perfect. on the trailer <laughs> a perfect example of my love of 
of <laughs> the power of trailers. Because sometimes you release them and people are like, this sucks. And they're like, oh, we'll change it. This just happened. They're making a uh, a a new game based on the Suicide Squad, the like DC supervillain team. Yeah. Uh, and it's made by this, this uh, studio that made these really well-received Batman games that were like cool action exploration games and then they released a trailer for this suicide squad game that looks very um uh this term may not mean anything to you but like games as service style like you can get this legendary gun with plus three and it's purple rarity and you can upgrade it with this material you have to play a hundred hours to grind out and people were like no thanks and now that game has been delayed like a month from its release because people's reaction to the trailer was so negative so yeah yeah, that's a good point i think in in games more than any other medium you do see a lot of like oh they didn't like the trailer well let's change the fucking thing then wait does that mean that the community of gaming people are more likely to say when they don't like something i know outrageous (laughs) um so the first trailer uh shown in a a theater was in 1913 uh there was a an advertising manager for this theater chain called marcus lowe uh and and this advertising manager uh whose name was nils granland uh he made a promotional film for a musical uh, called The Pleasure Seekers that was like an onstage Broadway show. So the first trailer wasn't even for a movie. It was shown in a movie theater, but it was for like a live Broadway show that was happening. And the reaction to it was mind-boggling of people like, this is a revolution in advertising, which is so fucking funny because yeah. it's like, yeah, gang, it's a commercial for the thing. Yeah, Uh of course, man. Well, I mean, the idea, like, it's such an investment, you know, to go see, like, a stage performance or a movie. Like, it's an investment of time and resources to get, like, a little, like, sneak peek. Like, that's huge. Uh, Nils Granlund also was the first to show a trailer for an upcoming movie uh, just using a slideshow to promote uh, a Charlie Chaplin film at at one of these Marcus Lowe theater locations in 1914. Um, uh, the do you know why they're called trailers? This is fun little trivia. I mean, I always thought like they're attached to the big like. Well, no, because I was thinking about it in the sense of you go to a movie theater and you see a trailer and it is something attached to the movie, but obviously that's not well. You're not wrong. Yeah? It's, they're called trailers because they used to come after movies. Oh, okay. Not for very long because people were like, what's it? They're starting the next movie, guys. We got to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. People just like left. People did not stick I around. I wonder if them. the credits didn't used to be as long. And so the idea of staying through the credits oh, was of not. Of course not. <laughs> I am awestruck every time we watch It's a Wonderful Life is yeah. you get the, you are weeping openly Clarence gets his wings. He's like, "Ah, boy, Clarence!" And then it's like, "This guy made the movie, and these people were in it." Bye. <laughs> yeah, like before you can even find the remote. It's like, you've should seen. all acquaintance? <laughs> oh, you're done. Okay, that was all the people who worked on the movie, guys. We got them in on one screen, and then we're done. See you later. Um, old movie trailers are fucking wild. When I was preparing for this, I watched a trailer for Citizen Kane, one of the yeah. most grandiose film. But the trailer was just weird ass 20 somethings Orson Welles 
just introducing the cast of the film. Just like, hey, folks, say hello to my good friend, Joseph Cotton. Look at that <laughs> smile, folks. Isn't he handsome? That's all that it, this movie's about a guy who's a real stinker. And look at Joseph Cotton, that devil dog. Look at him. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing else to do, right? Like, you're right. going gonna to come see this. Yeah, so. there's nothing else out. There's a war on. So, yeah. like, you should just come hang out. The in fact the that I'm sitting here telling you who the actors are is a blessing, and you're welcome. <laughs> but I'm also imagining 19, you know, 1940s wonderful, or like that trailer for Citizen Kane was hot shit. How hype are you now? I'm fucking hype out of my mind. <laughs> that's it for this week. Next <sighs> week, 1940s wonderful. Sorry, that's like a whole thing it's right like there. A whole... We could just, we could talk about that for a long yeah. time. Yeah, what would we be like? Penicillin. You heard about this one, folks? Pants. Pants. They're great. <laughs> I get to wear them now? Whoa. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun. Next week, Max Fun Drive kicks off. It's going to be a ton of fun. A lot of fun crossovers. A lot of fun crossovers. We get to be on an episode of Go Fact Yourself, yes. which was super incredible. Was a hoot and a half. Uh, very excited for that one to come out. If you know things about what me and Rachel like, you'll probably be pretty starstruck. Yeah, the whole this. for those of you who haven't watched the show, the whole premise is that they invite a guest on and then they connect that guest to uh, an interest of theirs. Uh, and we're not going to spoil who our guests no, were that they picked out for us, but it was fucking radical. It was rad, yeah. Um, so we're going to have all kinds of stuff to talk to you about about that next week. Uh, there's there's awesome bonuses uh for for members. There's yeah. bonus content. Uh, this year Rachel played Stardew Valley for a long time and then recorded the episode and then has played it for much much I much know. longer. Oh yeah, I you get my kind of my first takes. Griffin uh unveils things to me that I had not heard about yet. Very exciting. Uh, it's fun. Uh, but there's also like years and years a back catalog yes. of bonus content and content for all the shows but we're going to tell you all about that next week so just prepare your hearts and minds for that mm -hmm. and um we have uh live shows coming up if you go to bit.ly slash macroy tours you can find out about those including the one this week including uh a virtual live show this friday uh 9 p.m eastern time i get this wrong every time just go to macroy.family and you can find links to everything we're doing a live <laughs> of bim bam virtual this friday it's going to be really fun and you should come watch it sawbones is going to open and that's a great show too that's it for us, though. We're going to start preparing. We're going to go into our little cocoon, turn into goo, and then next week for the Max Fun Drive will be big, beautiful butterflies. So we'll see you then. I don't know why I'm getting quieter and deeper. No, I felt like we were signing off. I was excited. That's how they do it. That's on, well like, done. Fancy radio. Yeah. They just get quieter and deeper. Goodbye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. 
Audience supported.